When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second-guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Welcome to the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. My name is Ashley, and I am planning my own unconventional budget micro-wedding in the middle of a pandemic. If you don't feel represented in mainstream wedding media, if you haven't been dreaming about your wedding day since you were six years old, and if you don't want to have an Instagram wedding, then you are in the right place. Okay, so on today's episode, we are talking about nine common wedding regrets and how you can avoid them. Uh, first, I just want to say this is episode 50. Woo! Did not think I was going to make it to 50 episodes, but it's been awesome, um, and I hope you've enjoyed them. If you uh, if you haven't listened to all 50, go ahead and head back in the back catalog and get to listening. Um, but yeah, exciting milestone to be hitting on the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. So for today's episode, looking at those nine common wedding regrets. So what I did is I found an article on brides.com from 2019, but I think a lot of it is still pretty relevant, um, that listed some top wedding regrets. So what I'm going to do is go through, I pulled nine from the article. Uh, we'll go through each of them and kind of discuss like ways to avoid them, my take on them, if they're really regrets or not, what I'm planning to do, um, and just sort of give you my two cents and uh, and a bit of a heads up on you know common things that people do regret and what you can do to ensure you don't regret those things at your wedding. Um, caveat being, of course, every couple is different. Everyone's going to have different regrets. Um, you know, you might regret wearing high heels, whereas someone else's regret might be wearing flats. Um, so just could be <laughs> really depends who you are. And of course, the most important thing is that you get married to the person you want to marry that day. And even if everything else goes horribly wrong, as long as the two of you got married, hopefully you don't regret the whole day. Okay, let's jump in. So this is the first regret by a bride named Sheila. And she says, the wedding was amazing, but while I had an amazing photographer, I didn't hire a professional videographer. So many wonderful moments were captured frozen in time, but there are no moving images. So like Sheila, I'm also choosing not to have a videographer. And I think I talked about this in a previous episode, but my reasoning is just, um, it's expensive. <laughs> Videographers, you know, good ones are usually in the thousand plus uh, ballpark 
and they'll make you like a little teaser reel, like sort of like a 30 second, one minute um, little recap of the day. And then there's usually like a longer five to seven minute uh, video. And then sometimes you can get like the full film just to watch every single second of your wedding day. And to me, that's just not worth it. Um, as I covered in last episode, I'm only looking to spend sort of three to $5,000 on my entire wedding day. So I'm definitely not spending a third or a fifth of that budget on a videographer. I just don't think I will sit back and watch that video. I don't think it's going to mean that much to me. However, I can totally see what Sheila's saying, especially, you know, in those moments where a loved one, you know, sadly passes away right after a wedding and you have this beautiful video footage of them giving a toast or, you know, on the dance floor, having a lovely moment with the couple. Like that is so precious. And I'm sure if you talk to people who do have those videos, they'll say they would have gladly paid, you know, 10 times whatever they did pay to have that memory forever. And I totally understand that and totally cherish it. So if that's you and you're kind of, you know, super sentimental and you are going to want those moments or, or if you have people in your life who, you know, are older or or maybe ill or something like that, and, and you're not sure if you'll ever have this kind of footage again, go ahead, invest in a videographer. You know, you do you. As for me, some sort of budget hacks I'm considering because I don't want to pay for a videographer. Um, as is the trend of the day, I'm thinking to stream my wedding ceremony over Zoom or some other, um, you know, network <laughs> other live stream option, which uh, if you're thinking about doing a Zoom ceremony or some other live stream version of your ceremony, I do a I did a podcast, sorry, with the pros and cons of a Zoom wedding. So you can head back and listen to that. But the nice thing about that is not only can you have all of these virtual guests, but you can also record it. So that's a really cool way to record a copy of your ceremony, have that video footage. And I'm also considering asking one of my guests to record if we do any speeches or toasts. Still not sure if I totally want to have um, people getting up and talking, just we're planning a really sort of small, intimate wedding. I'm not sure if it would be kind of weird. But if we do any speeches, or toasts, I'm planning probably just to go up to my brother and give him my cell phone and say, hey, can you just record dad talking so we can uh, cry about it 10 years from now? <laughs> so that's my plan. Uh, regret number two, this is from a bride named Ruth, and she says, what I regret is spending so much time worrying about little details, the seating plan, the music, the bridesmaids' dresses, etc. In the end, all the stress I put myself through leading up to the big day was avoidable. So this one is so relatable. I think probably every single person who gets married regrets all the time they spent worrying about the tiny little details that no one noticed that <laughs> did not matter. Um, and I, yeah, I just, I think it happens to everyone. So I think the first thing you need to do is to just acknowledge your wedding day is not going to go perfect. Something is going to go wrong. A detail is going to be missed. Someone won't notice that thing you spent 30 hours on Pinterest learning about. Um, no one remembers what your centerpieces look like as my, uh, outro line says. So for me, anytime I get sucked into the details, and I'm already a pretty minimalist bride, um, as you can tell if you've listened to any episodes where I talk about my own wedding plans, really, the other day, my mom was over and she was talking to my fiance and I about our wedding plans. And she's like, oh, and what about like decorations? What are you going to do for decor? And we were like, nothing. <laughs> we don't plan to do anything. We don't want to decorate the space at all. Um, we're super minimalist. But even me, um, you know, I get sucked in and I see things on Facebook Marketplace or Etsy or Pinterest. I'm like, oh, that'd be so cool. I definitely want to get that. Um, so anytime I sort of start falling into those traps, I just take a step back and I'm like, okay, how much do I actually care 
about this thing. If I hadn't seen this antique mirror that says eat, drink, and be married on it in beautiful calligraphy, would I actually, you know, really, really want that for my wedding? Or is it just the fact that it happened to pop up on my timeline? And now I'm like, ooh, that's cute. I want it. Um, you know, even if it's just $20, that adds up. You know, you buy one thing, you're like, oh, now I need flowers. Now I need those um, palm frond things that go in a vase. Now I need a seating chart. Now I need photos and, you know, yada, yada, yada. It totally adds up. It's not just $20. I asked myself, you know, will this actually help me get married? <laughs> will, will this help me have a better marriage? And obviously a lot of the parts of your wedding are not going to help you have a better marriage. Like, you know, your dress, your suit, your shoes, your food, it's not going to help you have a better marriage, but just sort of, you know, big picture. I think it helps to ask you yourself that question. Like, oh, is this going to affect my marriage? Because nine times out of 10, the answer will be no, this does not affect my marriage, but it really helps it put it into perspective when you are you know, 5am gluing beads to your centerpieces being like, does this help my marriage? Because <laughs> no, no, it does not put the glue gun down. Um, I also like to ask myself, have I gone to a party without this thing and been totally fine? Again, the answer here is usually yes. I've gone to, you know, many dinner parties, regular parties, birthdays, holidays, weddings, whatever, and not needed. Um, a framed photo telling me to eat, drink, and be married. And the last question I asked myself is, do I remember this from the last wedding I attended? And the answer is usually no. I have no idea what the centerpieces were, no idea what the flowers looked like, no idea what the bridesmaids were wearing, um, don't care what the seating chart looked like, don't remember the music beyond just like, oh, it was good or it was bad. So any of those details, you know, if you find yourself getting sucked in, getting stressed, spending too much money, just ask yourself those questions. Ask, do you actually care about this thing? Ask if it's going to help you have a better married life or have a better marriage. Ask if you have gone to a party or a wedding without it and have you cared? And also ask, do you remember this thing from the last wedding that you attended? I think that'll really help put everything into perspective for you. Okay, the third regret we've got here, this is from a bride named Amy, and she says, okay, I admit it, while my bridesmaids and I were getting our hair and makeup done, we demolished a pitcher of margaritas. The drinking continued through the photos and at the reception. So while I enjoyed my wedding, I don't remember as much of it as I would have if I hadn't been several sheets to the wind. <laughs> Amy and I are obviously from different parts of the world because several sheets to the wind means nothing to me, but I assume plastered drunk is what she's getting at. So for me personally, I'm actually not that big a drinker. Um, I recently heard this thing. Uh, I'm recording this mid-February. It's going to drop about mid-February. And I saw on Instagram some uh, influencers I follow. They're doing a dry February to raise money for... Um, I think a breast cancer foundation or some, some great cause, but they're, they're doing a dry February and they want people to like sponsor them to, you know, for the fact that they're not drinking all month long. And they put out um, an update sort of, you know, not even two weeks into February being like, Oh, we've done it. It's been so hard. And I'm like, really? It's been so hard. Like I couldn't tell you the last time I had a drink, I might've had something at Christmas. Like meh, meh. it's just not a big part of my life. I'm not anti um, drinking. It's just not, you know, I'd, I'd prefer chocolate over, over a beer any day. So it's not a huge issue for me. Um, and you know, especially if I'm planning, I don't quite know what my undergarment situation is going to be on the day of the wedding, but if I have any sort of, uh, complicated corsetti type 
thing happening. I definitely don't want to be drinking all day long and having to like run to the bathroom and undo that every, you know, 15, 30 minutes to go pee. So I probably am not going to have an issue with this, but I totally see how it can happen. So I think number one, you really want to pace yourself. It is a long day, especially if you have a schedule where you're up at like the crack of dawn for hair, makeup, outfit, whatever. And then you're planning to have your reception, like go into the wee hours of the morning. That is a long day. That's potentially like 24 hours of your wedding. Um, so you don't want to be getting, you know, super smashed a couple hours in and then just feeling awful all day long. Uh, don't forget to hydrate and uh, eat. You know, those are the basics we learn when we first start drinking in, you know, high school or university or whatever. Um, make sure you are drinking water. Make sure you are eating. That's a huge thing. Lots of couples forget to drink water and forget to eat um, during their wedding day. You might even want to task like one of your wedding attendants or someone else, you know, another guest you're close to is just say like, hey, can you bring me a water like every hour or something like that just to ensure that you actually are drinking? Because at the end of the day, I mean, this is, you know, not only is it an event that is very expensive, but it's also super memorable. This is the day you get married. It's huge. So you want to remember that. You don't want to be super sloppy, you know, before the first course of dinner comes out. I remember a wedding I went to, it was obvious that the wedding party had been going hard on the drinks all day long and it came time to speeches, which was early in the evening. Like I don't even think it was dark out yet and everyone was a mess. The maid of honor was up there writing her speech like at the podium. It was co-maids of honor. So while one of them talked, the other one was like making up her speech on the spot. It was like, oh, oh yeah, oh yeah, just thought of something and like writing it down. And I was like, oh, this is awful. This is why we don't, <laughs> don't drink to excess until, you know, well into the night. Um, and I get it. There's a lot of pressure. It's like, oh, like, you know, last shot before you before you get married. Oh, last shot before you go down the aisle or before you meet your bride, whatever it is. Um, but just, you know, try to think ahead. If you know that's the group you're going to be with, think ahead of some ways where you can either opt out some of those shots or, you know, take a little half shots, keep the water up, all those things. Just so, you know, you, you have the one wedding day, right? Ideally, it's one wedding day. You can get drunk with your girlfriends or your guy friends, whoever it is. Sorry, I'm speaking to brides more just having read this article from brides.com, but whoever, bride, groom, however you identify, you can get drunk with your friends anytime. You cannot get married anytime. So don't forget about this day. Um, just totally, you know, blacked out in a corner somewhere. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. The next wedding regret here is from a bride named Dana. And Dana says, in retros retrospect, I wish my groom and I had toasted our parents. They put so much into the wedding, not to mention all the years of raising us, and they certainly deserved a special shout out. So I'm totally with Dana here. Um, oh, I guess Dana, sorry, could, oh no, Dana 
yes, Dana the bride. <laughs> um, I'm with Dana here. I am a big believer in the couple, not just the groom in a heterosexual couple. There's so many times when it's just the groom who speaks. I think the couple, both of them should speak at their wedding. And I think it's so, so important that the couple does a toast, thanking everyone involved, thanking people for coming. And then of course, you know, shouting out your parents, um, whoever else helped out with the big day. I think that's huge. Um, and I think it's a bit I don't want to say it's sad, but it's kind of sad when the couple doesn't say anything all day long. Um, and when so many people have gone to so much work to make this day happen, I just think it's such a nice time for the couple to really, um, you know, thank, thank everyone, thank their parents, thank each other. <laughs> just a quick little shout out. I think that's so moving. And it's my favorite speech of the night always when the couple actually gets to take the mic. And as for me, you know, we are planning a very small wedding, but I definitely want to make sure that we have a moment where we get to thank all of our guests for coming and thank them for helping us and make it, you know, a really sincere personal moment. And I think because we only are expecting, you know, 20 guests, it might even be an opportunity for us to thank each guest personally, <laughs> like go around the room kind of and, and say how much we love each person and the speech could still only be, you know, like three minutes long just because there's only 20 people there. Um, so I'm really looking forward to that moment of, of getting to thank all of our very important people in our life and acknowledge them. Um, if this is you, like if you forgot to mention your parents at your wedding, or if you're just like terrified of public speaking, don't want to give a speech, you and your partner are not planning to do that. There are other ways. You can, of course, write your parents or, you know, whoever those important people are in your life. You can write them a really beautiful card. Um, you can take a photo with them during the wedding and, you know, get it framed and, and send that on to them after the wedding with a really nice sentiment. You could do a special dance. Like, you know, there's the traditional father-daughter dance or mother-son dance. You could do a parent dance, an important people dance, whatever it is. Um, you know, just anything during the day that is meaningful and special and that they'll know that that is for them and is your way of sort of acknowledging them, how much you love them, how much you are grateful for everything that they have done for you. I think that's super important. And any way you can incorporate that into your big day is awesome. Okay, the next regret, this is from Bride Tina, and she says, instead of leaving for our honeymoon the morning after the wedding, which ended at three in the morning, we should have waited a day to take off to Costa Rica. The whole first day of the trip, I was exhausted and hungover. Yes, Tina. <laughs> so if you head back to the episode I did about honeymoon planning during a pandemic, one of the first things I say is do not go on your honeymoon the next day. This is some like romantic notion I think we got from the movies, you know, all the movies where a couple gets married and the last scene is them like, like running out of their wedding venue, getting into the limo or the nice car and everyone's like holding sparklers or cheering or throwing rice or blowing bubbles or something like that. That is fake. That's not, I mean, maybe in, in your part of the world where I live and the weddings that I have attended, that does not happen. And if you see any of those like beautiful sparkler exits on Pinterest, they are faked. People go outside with sparklers at like 5 p.m., do a fake exit, and then everyone goes back inside. So the bride, the bride and groom, the couple, the couple of the hour, you don't get to leave your wedding early with all of your guests there. You are the last people to leave the wedding. That's silly. And you certainly don't leave your wedding to get into a car to go to your honeymoon. Like that's just not how it works. Um, so don't do this. Do not plan to get on a plane to go on your honeymoon the very next day. You will be, as Tina says, exhausted and hungover. Um, it's also just really, you know poor planning. You want to give yourself some time to decompress, come down from that high of the wedding, to sleep, <laughs> to eat, to hydrate. If you have any guests who came to your wedding from out of town, it's really nice if you're still around to hang out with them. Um, if you rented any items, you might need to return those. You might need to hand over um, if you have any outstanding payments or any tips or anything you need to give. It's just nice to like be 
in the area where your wedding was for a few days just to chill. Um, and then you can go on your honeymoon. Of course, you don't actually have to go on your honeymoon, you know, a few days later or a week later, or two weeks later. So many couples do later moons, especially with this pandemic. Of course, you know, most honeymoons have not been able to happen. So people are going, you know, six months later, a year later, two years later. This is totally fine. I think I shared before, I used to work for a travel planning company that almost exclusively planned honeymoons. And of the, uh, let's call it, you know, 10 to 15 honeymoons that I planned during my time there, only one of them was actually leaving immediately after their wedding. And even then it was like, you know, the next week after their wedding, every other one was six months later or nine months later or a year later. So don't feel bad if that is your plan for your honeymoon. If you don't plan to go until way later, I think that's a great idea. It's really cool because it gives you something else to look forward to. And it also gives you time to save up money. Since your wedding was likely expensive, you might need some more time to save up money for your honeymoon. Okay, the next one, I'm not sure what number we're on here. Um, this is Bride Kim, and her regret is, uh, she says, we felt compelled to invite a lot of people to the wedding we weren't really close to. If I could do the wedding over, there would only be people celebrating with us who were truly part of the journey for my husband and me. And I so feel this, and I think this is something a lot of couples can relate to, especially if you are planning a wedding during this COVID-19 pandemic. Um, the guest list issue is, is a big one, and it's, you know, it's no longer the time for mom and dad to come in and say, okay, here's our list of 40 friends that we want to invite. Like, no, 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 that's not happening anymore. Um, one of my very first episodes, if you, if you head way back was how to brutally cut your wedding guest list. So if you are in Kim's situation right now and you have tons of people on the guest list and you need to cut it down either due to the pandemic restrictions or budget, or just the fact that you don't want some of those people there, um, head back to that episode. I think it gives you some really great guidance on how to make those cuts. So for us, for our wedding, we're planning just to have 20 or 25 people at the wedding. So it's going to be much more intimate. Um, everyone there is people we are super, super close to, our absolutely nearest and dearest loved ones. It's also going to be a lot cheaper. <laughs> um, and for me, I really wanted everyone at my wedding day to be someone that I like cannot imagine the day without someone who has significantly invested in my life, made my life better, um, you know, supported my relationship, been there with me, somebody who, you know, I would have no problem picking up the phone to call or text or FaceTime, who I'd want to spend holidays with, <laughs> um, who I want to have conversations with. For me, that's really important for my wedding guest list. And one of the things I absolutely did not want to do is I don't, <laughs> this is my, this is my rule. I don't, don't think you should have to introduce yourself or your spouse to anyone at your wedding. Like that was just, oh, that's like the the bottom line for me is I think it's absolutely ridiculous to have to go up to someone on the wedding and go, oh, hi, my name's Ashley. I'm the bride. I was the one at the front who got married. Nice to meet you. Thanks for coming. Like what, what are you doing at my wedding? If you don't know who I am or you don't know who my groom is, I don't want to meet you for the first time at my wedding. I don't want to be, you know, this social event for my parents, friends. I don't want to host someone's third Tinder date. Like just no, not the vibe I'm going for. And I think a lot of people are in Kim's shoes where they end up inviting people who, you know, they're not close to, and they look out at the sea of faces on their wedding. And there's, you know, a handful of people they actually want to spend time with. And everyone else is just kind of like extra people you had to buy dinner for. And for me, that's not the vibe I'm going for. 
similar to that, we have another regret. This is from Bride Ivy, and she says, we didn't spend enough time with our guests, the people we loved, because we kept getting pulled away for pictures, tossing the bouquet, the first dance, eating, etc. It was great, but I really wanted to spend time with friends and family. So that totally pairs with the idea of only inviting people that you are super, super close with, which again is why we're planning just to have about 20 guests, because we actually want that time to hang out with them. We're not planning to do, you know, a dance floor or have any activities or things like that. I will not be tossing a bouquet. I don't even think I'm going to have a bouquet. Um, so the idea is, you know, kind of after we say our vows, take some photos, do a champagne toast or something like that. It's just hanging out. Like we're all just going to, you know, eat, drink and, and be married as the, as the signs say. Um, and I just want to like hang out with my people and have conversations with them and hopefully, uh, you know, COVID willing, hug them and stand close to them. <laughs> so if that's something that resonates with you, I did an episode re recently called Should We Elope? And eloping these days is not just, you know, you, your partner and a, an officiant, you know, in Vegas or running off into the mountains in secret. It can be that small group of sort of, you know, 10, 20, maybe even up to 50. I don't know if you can call that an elopement technically, but, but a smaller wedding. Um, if that's something that you're kind of curious about, definitely encourage you to head back and listen to that episode. If on the other hand, you still really want that big wedding, but you do want the opportunities to hang out with your guests and actually spend time with them, you can totally build that in. So um, one example being, I'm, I'm part Chinese. So in my culture, we have something called the tea ceremony. Um, I believe other Asian cultures do this as well, but I know Chinese for sure. Uh, that's, that's the one I know well, um, where the couple serves tea to some of the older generations. And usually, you know, the, the person they're serving tea to will give them a, a hongbao, a red package with money in it or some sort of jewelry or something like that. And it's just a really nice time because it's, it's a bit more intimate. It's not the entire guest list. And the couple actually, you know, gets a few moments to talk and chat with those people as they're serving them the tea. It's very significant, very respectful. So I love something like that as a way to spend time with your guests. You could also do a wedding weekend. So instead of just having, you know, a wedding on Saturday night, you could build in, oh, we're going to do, um, a welcome party on Friday, then we're going to do a brunch on Sunday morning. Everyone on Monday can meet us at the beach, we're going to play volleyball. Uh, and it doesn't have to be, you know, you're probably thinking like, whoa, that sounds expensive. It can be more casual. It doesn't have to be something where you pay for everything. It can literally just be like, hey, we're going to go to this bar Thursday night. If anyone's in town or around and wants to join us, that's awesome. We'd love to hang out with you. Uh, first rounds on us or something like that, right? It's just to make it very clear, you're not paying for everyone all night long, but you're going to pick up the, the tab for the first round or you're going to buy some appetizers, whatever it is. Another way to spend more time with your guests would be uh, to do your photos ahead of time. So um, instead of heading out during cocktail hour to do your photos, if you do your photos before the ceremony, you can actually spend cocktail hours with your guests. And another idea I thought of, which I think is a little unusual, I'm not sure I've actually seen this at a wedding, but instead of having a head table or a sweetheart's table during the reception, so a head table being where you, your partner, and your um, wedding party would sit and a sweetheart's table being just you and your partner. Instead of that, why not have like an extra chair or two at every guest table? And I realize logistically, this could be a nightmare. Like, do you really have space for extra chairs at every table? Maybe not. How would the um, servers know where to put the food? But the idea being that you can go from table to table during dinner and actually like sit down and have a course with, you know, each table. I think it's a really cool idea. I don't know if logistically it would work. I think it'd have to be, um, 
maybe a smaller wedding so it's a little bit easier maybe a buffet style so you don't have to worry about getting your food for food served to the correct table um, maybe standing maybe the seating part is too difficult but i like the idea of spending dinner with all of your guests instead of just um you know sitting at this table all by yourself or just with the wedding party who you've been with all day long All right, so we've got two regrets left on this list of common wedding regrets. So number eight is from a bride named Martine, and she says, my biggest wedding day regret was not trying on the veil before my wedding day. I hated it. I wasn't comfortable wearing it. The lace kept going in my face, and after our vows, and before I arrived at the reception, I just tore off the lacy part and left the crown on. <laughs> um, so totally get this, and actually one of the reasons why I am skipping the veil, because um, yeah, I just don't think it's necessary. Not something I want to spend money on. I know that you can get veils pretty cheap online, like Etsy or Amazon. I think you can get a veil for like less than $50, usually just like a simple piece of tool. Um, I think they look nice, but I think most brides only wear the veil for photos and the ceremony. And then, you know, not during the reception, usually it just kind of gets in the way or gets stepped on or gets pulled. Um, so for me, not a big deal. I don't really need a veil just for a ceremony and some photos. Um, I wouldn't mind like, you know, if a friend or a family member wanted to like lend me their veil I would wear it just to have you know like that little piece of them with me um but I'm I'm not too fussed about it but I think this is also just a really good reminder you know veil or not whether you're planning to wear one but to actually try on all the parts of your outfit so not just you know the dress or the suit or whatever but the shoes the socks the undergarments the accessories the jewelry hair pieces everything um and even getting, you know, that if you're planning to do hair and makeup, getting that trial done ahead of time and then spending some time in that outfit with that hair and makeup uh, just to make sure you're comfortable. Because the idea is that you're wearing, um, you know, that look all day long, whether that's 6, 8, 10, 12, 24 hours uh, in that outfit. You want to be super comfortable. You want to make sure um, every little kink is worked out ahead of time, especially, you know, if you're in the situation where you've spent thousands and thousands of dollars on your outfit, like you want to make sure everything is sitting right, looking right, feeling right ahead of time. So if you're keeping your outfit um, a secret from your partner and you guys live together, you know, kick your partner out of the house for a little while, put on everything you need to, prance around for a few hours and just ensure that you are totally comfortable. Okay, the very last regret we have is from a bride named Meg, and she says, I cared too much about making everyone else happy. Parents, grandparents, bridesmaids, siblings, whose wedding was it anymore? My fiance and I should have satisfied ourselves first and foremost. And I am so here for this. This is maybe like the reason I started this podcast, the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast, because it seemed like so many wedding planning um you know, podcasts, not even podcasts, just wedding planning media in general, all the advice I had heard from people uh, telling others how to plan their weddings were all about satisfying, you know, traditions, what other people are doing, what you should be doing, what things should cost, what you have to have at your wedding. And none of it was coming down to just like, okay, whose wedding is it? Like, who cares if every other couple in the world had red rose bouquet? If you hate roses, or you hate flowers, or you don't want to spend money on a bouquet, or you prefer daffodils then get daffodils you know like it is your wedding and you should make yourselves 
happy. And I think at the end of the day, that is the most important part. Like you and your partner are getting married. You should be planning this thing together. If you, you know, if you want a wedding and it should be a wedding that's about the two of you. When people walk in that room, it should feel like the two of you and everything, every decision you make should make you so happy. And of course, you know, you don't want to piss off your guests. And if you do, then get married without them. (laughs) You know, don't bother inviting 200 people if, you know, you want to spend your wedding, I don't know, watching Netflix together. Actually, go ahead. I'm sure your guests would really appreciate just a big screen and some good Netflix binging with with food. Um, But you know what I'm saying? If, you know, your ideas are super out of the box and not suitable for other people, then don't invite other people. Do your own thing. Go away, just the two of you or a small group. Um, But I get that that can be super hard to make choices that represent the two of you, that make the two of you happy when someone else is paying. I did a whole episode on how to talk to your parents about money and sort of um, work out some of those kinks, get over some of those communication barriers that that come up when other people are paying. It's hard to say no when someone else is holding the purse strings um, or, you know, they're putting a lot of expectations on you. Oh, this is how it's always been done in our family. I've been dreaming about this day since you were a little boy, all those other things. But at the end of the day, it is your wedding day. And I was just listening to a podcast um, another wedding planning podcast, and they were talking about the uh, father walking the bride down the aisle. And kind of it just boils down to, you know, if that's not something that resonates with you, or, you know, whatever it is, any wedding planning decision, if it doesn't resonate with you, your happiness and the fact that this is your wedding is more important than what someone else feels entitled to. So just because your dad, you know, has dreamed about walking you down the aisle his whole life, or your mom has always wanted to invite her 30 friends from bingo, or or your grandma has always wanted to serve her lemon cake, whatever it is, like none of those things are important, are as important as your happiness and you having the wedding day that you want. And I'm not saying, you know, become a diva and throw a fit and, you know, get into screaming matches with everyone. Of course, you know, choose your battles and maybe your grandma's happiness is more important to you than the cake. So you let her serve the lemon cake. But at the end of the day, you should be super, super happy and at peace with all of the decisions. Like I want you to wake up on your wedding day and be like, yes, this is the day we have planned that is going to represent us that, you know, everything we do today is something that we want to do. You know, we're not feeling stressed or coerced in any way. And you're just super happy about it. And mostly that you're super happy about marrying your person. Because as we said, um, you know, it's an inevitable. Regrets will pop up. Things will happen. Your day will not be perfect. But as long as you don't regret your spouse and you don't regret your choice to marry them, I think you've done pretty good. Thank you so much for listening to this episode of the Unconventional Wedding Planning Podcast. I really appreciate it, and I hope you found the episode helpful. If you really want to make my day, you can leave me a reading and review, subscribe so you don't miss the next episode, and tell a friend about the podcast. And remember, you can have a great meal without a centerpiece on the table. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. 
Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50% to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.